Have we time traveled all the way back to the 24th of Calistrel? Did that happen? I don't know. It's highlighted. That's the start date. And I'm starting to think that, like, the whole past two years haven't existed. <laughs> no, that's the, the first day of the adventure. That's just where we started. There's a there's a you are here marker over on Gorzan. Oh, look at that. I was zoomed in a little too much. Couldn't see it. Yeah. We're in the third month. Well, I mean, not this hasn't been three months in the game, but we're in the th- third month that you've experienced. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, we're keeping a steady clip of about three weeks a year. <laughs> Came in the last week of Calistral, then you spent all of Farast, mostly in Ravengrove. Last week of that, you left, and now your first week of Gauzran. Gauzran. Who knows how to say this shit? Nerds. <laughs> Nerds calling. Tell us how to say goes rains. Well, it's not that. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's that's that one's definitely wrong. I, I believe, believe it's, it's pronounced, pronounced April. Oh, oh, can I <laughs> step on that? You're making the same joke at the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> High five. Yeah, so it's April sixth then. Gozrin, aka April. And you guys got into Leopardstad, and after settling in, seeing some old friends, you woke up, and do we want to just get right into recap? I fucking miss you guys. How are you doing? I mean, great. I also miss you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm good. Thanks. I mean, nothing to report. Like, there's nothing happening in my life. So, like... Yes. Doing good. <laughs> it's fine. John needs a little pre-podcast care for his post-podcast obsession, so just give it to him. How are you, Johnny? Are you doing okay, bud? You <laughs> am right. Yeah? Doing good. <laughs> are you drinking enough water? No. No? Oh, man. Well, pirate water. I'm drinking pirate water. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Counts. It's like uh, battery acid and Hawaiian punch. That sounds corrosive. Steady dose of liquor, but yeah. It sounds like all kinds of good things for you there. Yeah. I mean, it tastes uh, weird. <laughs> but it's like $2 for a 16 ounce can. Oh, that's how you know it's good. It's top shelf, though, at the. At the gas station where we buy them, it is definitely on the uh, the highest shelf, hardest to reach, lowest price. Literally, yeah. The one labeled not for human consumption. <laughs> yep, that's the one. It's 10%. Motor oil. I'm almost finished my first one. Oh boy. Buckle up, folks. <laughs> Shit, I don't, I'm on number three. Let's go. So anyways, the next morning in Lepidstad... You got around to finally finishing your obligations to Petros Lorimer. At least the ones on paper. You went to deliver the set of devious religious texts to one Montaigne Crowell uh, at the University of Leopardstad, where you found out it had been broken into, apparently, and destroyed, torn asunder by the Beast of Leopardstad, who was arrested there and apparently had stolen a small statuette they called the Sea Sage Effigy, 
although that was nowhere to be found. You returned the books to him and made your way over to the courthouse to return the last book to Judge Embrith Deramid. She was apparently very close to Petros, although she did not show it so outwardly. And while she did pay you for finishing the job to Petros, the hundred platinum each, as you were promised, she also asked you for help in another matter. She believed that the Beast of Lepidstad was not going to get a fair trial, and as he was apparently a sentient, intelligent being to some extent, although possibly quite mad, as she put it, is entitled to a fair trial. And with the town, the city, and everybody just out for blood and not really interested in finding the truth, they're just ready to burn him alive without much investigation. Now, she asked if you would meet up with a Constable Kane, her right-hand man, and one of the only members of the guard that she could trust with the secrecy of this task she has given you as being part of the justices. If there's three judges in the court of Leopardstad, she's not really permitted to investigate or meddle in the affairs outside of judging. You agreed to help as she agreed to match Lorimer's payment to you and give you another hundred platinum each if you can find evidence to prove whether guilty or innocent where the beast lies in this trial. You spent the rest of the day on a shopping spree. Seems like you all finished your shopping throughout the last week. Yes. What'd you guys get? Anything cool? Yeah, I got some goodies. Yeah, did you, anybody get anything cool you want to talk about? I got a fancy new headband. Ooh. Yeah, it makes me vastly intelligent. Oh, great. Not that I wasn't already. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. What, is, what does that bring your intelligence up to? Uh, that brings my head to a 20. Oh, shit. Holy, holy crap. So that gives me an extra first level <laughs> spell per day. Holy uh, damn. A whole bunch of extra skills. And DC boosts. Not to mention, probably a, a much uh, bigger ego. No, I have grown so intelligent that I've moved beyond egos. <laughs> Trans- transcended ego with your vast intelligence headband? Yeah. Wow. Unlike you, lesser beings. You just wouldn't wow. understand. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Uh-oh. New Sidril coming out of the box. Sorry, what did I miss here? Uh, Sid got a, a headband of vast intellect. Oh, okay. So he's even smarter than he was yesterday. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> yeah, we were asking if anybody got anything cool while they were shopping. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, Stormac is excited to present to his friends, to his remaining friends, uh, gifts to symbolize their friendship. And so um, to Sidriel and to Flora, he, he presents these nice uh, personalized bandoliers. So we're now looking the part like, uh, you know, police <laughs> detectives uh, with our with our gun straps and whatnot. But instead of guns, 
Um, Stormak has loaded them up with potions. So, I was going to bring this up. Now, yes, you say you emphasize remaining friends because at the end of the last episode, you guys woke in the next morning to find a note from Father Ozel exclaiming that he had to go home in so many words. And I believe that is where we left off at about 6.30 in the morning at the Dead Goat uh, for breakfast and to meet Constable Kane there at 7 a.m. And you didn't see Ozil, so you went up to his room, found this letter there, and I'd like to just jump right in there and see what everyone's reactions and feelings are to this. It's a safe space. Just, <laughs> just let it out. Yeah, so Flora had the letter. She's, she picked it up, and then when she finished reading it, she, like, threw it on the bed and just kind of, like, she didn't stomp out of the room, but she stared at it. She's mad. She's not feeling very good about this. What is this? What is this? He just left us? Great, I guess that's just what you do when you get to Leopardstad. What, leave? Yeah, you just bail. It says here he just did all of this for money? Oh, Citriel. Flora leaves. (laughs) She walks out the door. (laughs) There goes another one. (laughs) Oh... Stormak, should I even bother saying bye? Sidriel, I won't leave you. For now. Come on, friend. Oh. <sighs> okay. I, I don't know what to say either. I'm 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 shocked. But I'm not leaving. Do you think he'd at least say bye? Very disappointed. Um yeah, Flora goes stomping downstairs and sits at a table. And she starts trying to, like, flag down a waiter and, like, get some alcohol in her. Yeah, Mary's working the morning shift. <laughs> well, Sidria, let's let's look around, see if he left anything else in this room, and then let's catch up with Flora before she gets too deep in, into the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can try, but you're just gonna leave, too. Oh my god. Stormak turns his back to Sidriel, uh, but he's still in the same room. He just does the slightest eye roll <laughs> as he looks around the room for anything else that Ozil may have left us. Or clues. Stormak's all about looking for clues now. I'm just saying, if you spent a hundred years sitting in an apothecary at a little port town, and everyone you ever thought was your friend was only in town for like two weeks, and then they bail... <laughs> You might have a, a little bit of a complex. A hundred years is a long time, Sidriel, even for an elf. Stormak would find another letter. What? That was addressed to Ozil that he had left there. Ooh. The letter F. <laughs> One letter F. F says. <laughs> Fucking off. Leave an F in chat for Father Ozil. <laughs> he finds another letter, huh? Okay. Look here, Sidriel. 
Yeah, it's on its own. Like, it was hastily opened and read and left. The room's a little bit messy. He left in a hurry. There are his things packed up. There's some scuff marks on the floor. He he left very quickly. And there's a letter under the bed that would have been what you can assume is the one that Kendra gave him the night before. Sidria, look here. Another letter. It says, My dearest Father Ozel, I'm glad to hear of your recent accomplishments and rekindling of the faith to Our Lady of Graves. I was always confident that Phrasma would again see your potential despite your transgressions against her tenants. If she has determined it necessary to bring you back to her, then it must be of the utmost importance. Remember the passage that I read to you before you went off to Lastwall. Through the grace of her light, she shall be set free. I felt that it may be imperative that you continue on your mission. I shall maintain the status quo here. The seasons are changing, Ozel. Let us hope that our destinies are as well. Signed, Corin. There's a couple typos here, but maybe that's just, I don't know. Well, I mean, the printing press hasn't been invented yet, so spelling hasn't been standardized. We'll forget. Yes. Well, what's that supposed to mean? You think he went back to last wall? I don't know. I'm not much for detective work, Sidriel. Here, let us uh, tidy up here for our friend. Uh, he left this place a mess. And let's meet up with Flora. I'll go check on her and make sure she doesn't leave. I'll leave the tiny to you. Okay then, friend. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll head downstairs and look for Flora. She's easy to find. She's sitting at the bar already in front of an empty glass. Her once floor is the tallest person in the room. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody else is at the bar at 7 a.m. or whatever time it is. Yeah, it's probably like 6.45 when you come out. Settle. Says, Mary, over. another one, please. Are you sure, darling? The sun's barely out yet. It's not going to be a good day, Mary. All right. And, uh, yeah, she'll bring you another of whatever you're having. A whiskey. Mm-hmm. Meg is texting her drink orders to John in Roll20 chat. <laughs> I yeah. am keeping track of my money is what I'm doing. <laughs> I totally misread that the first time. I didn't read that as one silver piece. I read that as TSP. Like, you ordered a teaspoon of whiskey. <laughs> as like, that's the size of a halfling shot. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> so as, oh. as soon as it hits the bar in front of her, she picks it up and throws it back. So Stormac cleans up Ozil's room, um, finds finds anything else that there may be to find. Uh, if it's you know just trash, he, he disposes of it and he uh, adjusts his own two new bandoliers. Stormac comes downstairs. Uh, well, hopefully this will cheer you both up. And he presents them each a, a box with two bandoliers and. 
a bunch of potions already secured in the bandoliers. And he says, If we don't have Father Ozel to keep us safe, then we'll have to rely on some potions. And also, there's this, and he slides Sidriel a wand. He says, I was doing some window shopping, and the salesman was uh, quite persuasive. I, I made a number of purchases. So he also gives, uh, in addition to the bandoliers of potions, he gives Sid a wand of mage armor. Quite thoughtful of you, Stormak. Thank you. Flora opens the box and starts crying. <laughs> what are we going to do without him? <laughs> You'll get used to it. Stormak's just kind of grimacing uh, awkwardly, and he says, uh, Mary! He gets her attention, and perhaps Flora's got her head in her hands or something like that. And she forced her face into Sidriel's <laughs> chest. She, like, grabbed his shirt and put her face <laughs> in his chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sid's just looking at Stormak wide-eyed. Behind Flora's back, uh, Stormak gives Mary the universal sign of uh, cut her off. <laughs> and he says, could we get a three breakfasts, please? Something warm. Yes, I got some biscuits and gravy working up. I'll bring it right out. And around that time, you hear somebody come into the bar, and you look, and, and Kendra walks in. Done up in a nice dress for a nice day out. Shiny green dress with a fancy hat. And she comes up to you guys and looks around. Well, ever the eloquent speaker, Stormax says, Ozil left us. Uh, that's what I was afraid of. I'm sorry. Uh, Flora transfers her crying from Cidriel to Kendra. Oh, oh, oh darling. Come here. <laughs> She'll hug you. That's better. <laughs> pick, you up, pick you up off your feet and, like, squeeze you around. Hold you like a toddler. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you were worried that would happen? You knew? Well, there's no knife in the back. Oh. Oh, so Cidriel. He, he came and talked to me. I thought... I didn't think... I, I didn't think he was really going to leave, but I, I don't know. He said he was concerned about some things at home. How he thought his daughter was in danger, or, or maybe that she was some sort of danger. He, he, it was a little cryptic, if I, if I may be honest. Stormax trying to present a strong face... And so he tries to make a joke, and he pulls out the Barguest Tooth salt and pepper shakers. He says, well, at least I got this out of the deal. <laughs> Salts his biscuits and gravy. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, yes, that that is very sweet. Everybody got a nice present from him except for me. Aww. <laughs> Ouch, Kendra. Yeah, I thought the only present she wanted was the lack of ours. Oof, ouch. <laughs> oh, man. Damn. Double dog. <laughs> yeah, Sid is not doing good right now. All right. <laughs> He's having a rough day. He's having a rough day. <laughs> you know what, Mary, maybe I'll have a drink as well. <laughs> All right. You know, um, do you all want another round? I'm I'm having a double. Uh, no. Yes. Duh. Please. Stormak looks desperately to Sidriel to save the day. 
<laughs> I'll be in my room. Oh. oh. About that time, Kendra gets another shot for her and Flora. Sidriel's like, I'm going to my room. And then through the front doors of the bar, Surat, why don't you tell them what they see? Through the door, you see a six-foot-tall man. He is a human. Uh, he is wearing a uh, guard's uniform uh, without a helmet on. He has... Uh, do you have that picture that I showed you? <laughs> I just went to the character, uh, the handout tab. <laughs> and yeah. Ozil has been moved down to an entirely separate category that's titled Dead to Me. <laughs> uh, John, if I if I knew your true feelings, I I wouldn't have done this. But uh, apparently, those are aired now. Um, you like that? It's a six foot tall man wearing um, armor Ooh. and a guard's uniform. <gasps> uh, short, closely cropped, uh, dark hair. He has a rapier on him. You know, human. You son of a bitch. He's kind of non-assuming, really, ultimately. How old is he? How old does he look? He looks like he's probably 35. Well, that's like 50 in fantasy times. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to tell. Flora's older. I'm still the youngest person in the party, even no. even at 35. No. Flora's only 28. Flora's only 28. Oh, well then he, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not the baby of the party anymore. The Barty. Whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> I'd like to point out, based on descriptions, Sidriel is still the only character in this game that has eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I described... Not even just player characters. NPC, Sidriel's the only creature in this universe with eyes. Oh, Um, no, that's right. I think Flora did say the color of her eyes when she described herself. Pretty sure I did. Oh, okay, we'll just be nobody else. Ladies and gentlemen, call back to episode one. Mm. Okay. Yeah, we do have brain cells. Well, John has provided the artwork here, and it's labeled... Beefy boner? Nope. What? Just nope. kidding. Just kidding. No, nope. <laughs> that's incorrect. <laughs> I'll I'll take it though. That's a different enemy that you guys fought. <sighs> big beefy, big bony beefer. <laughs> what the guy? Never mind. <laughs> I can't believe you're doing this to me, Surat. You're 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 doing this on purpose. Of course I am. What is he doing? Go ahead. Introduce yourself. Uh, This guy comes in, he looks around, looks at Mary, says, Hey, Mary. Come on in, there. Bring one on down for the house for me, and uh, I assume these are the people I'm supposed to meet with. Your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) Usual, coming right up. Uh, He sits down at the table next to you guys, which I assume... There's is Flora sitting at the halfling table or at the normal table? Yeah, we're standing at the bar, but Flora's still like got her face in Kendra's dress. 
Not like in her dress. Hold on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Constable Kane sits down at a normal-sized table and puts his feet up on a halfling-sized table. Next to him, talks with Mary. Mary, uh... One of them normals for me, and, uh... I assume, uh... These are the people that I'm waiting for. I can't claim to know your business, dear. But they all look mighty sad. And here she brings you your usual, which is what? The usual, as what I usually do, is, uh... I usually take a little bit of ale with a little bit of mead mixed in and half a lime squeezed over the top. For breakfast? (laughs) Nice. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 7 a.m. Are you, like, right at 7 a.m.? Are you late? Are you early? He's probably a little bit late. Like 7.10? Yeah, yeah. 7.13. Let me know if you need anything else, darling. And when she goes back to the bar, she's like, Are you lot uh, supposed to be meeting anybody? She kind of, like, nods over at the table. Flora wipes her eyes and kind of composes herself and looks over, and she's staring at him can't really read the expression on her face but she's staring at him Stormac responds to Mary he says yes thank you and then he turns and looks at this man he says good morning sir ah good morning I assume that uh, Judge Aramid had uh, told you that I was coming yeah, you must be his, her right-hand man. I mean, you all look like the lot that I was, uh... You're a little bit late. <laughs> yes, I am, sir. Constable duty, uh, entires that, uh, I may be a little bit late. Um, I mean, I don't have a watch. I only have my fingers to determine how, <laughs> how far the sun is above the horizon. Do you still have all your fingers? Spent all day holding my hands up, staring into the sun. I can't see a goddamn thing. <laughs> one quarter of one finger late. I I apologize. For the listening audience, we just had an argument this week. <laughs> an argument? Well, wow. I, don't know I guess argument. you sent a picture and I made fun of you. That was the entirety of it. It was pretty harsh, guys. I just, I mean, yeah. I'm surprised. Go I'm ahead, surprised man. I think, I think you may misunderstand the technique. You're not supposed to look directly at the sun while you're doing that. You're supposed to look yeah. at your hand, which is right next you, to the sun. Yeah, you is look that... like off to the side. <laughs> you can see where the sun is without looking directly at John, it. John, I'm surprised you forgave her for her, you know, brutal. Um, yeah, it was ribbing. very aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've. I've been I've been in therapy. Fucking roasted. <laughs> like Constable Kane's eyes from staring into the sun. My god, no. Constable Kane's eyes are very sharp. <laughs> from sun training. He understands you don't look directly at the sun. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Where are we at here? <laughs> Sir, are you aware that people eat on these tables? Did you put your filthy boots upon? Filthy is a relative term, sir. Stormak turns and looks to Sidril. My feet are on the floor. <laughs> just gives you a look of like, I don't, what, what do you want from me? He continues turning. So Flora kind of straightens her shirt and makes sure that, like, she pats her cheeks and kind of, like, cleans herself up, flattens her hair. She says, hi, I'm Flora. Well met, Flora. 
and holds out her hand. He'll shake your hand. I was told that I was supposed to meet a couple of... bunch of heroes here that would, um... help me in detecting whether the... the actual... chaos of this city was worth it or not. Am I in the right place? Uh, and you are? Who are you? (laughs) She just introduced herself. (laughs) (laughs) Just said, Flora, what's your name? But why male models? But why whale male models? <laughs> why whale models? <laughs> my whale models. Well, Flora, uh, my name is Constable Ezekiel Kane. <laughs> I am Judge Derriman's right-hand man to try to figure out uh, if justice is going to be served. And I hope <laughs> that there is... Uh, there's something that we are able to accomplish. Is this the group that I'm supposed to meet? Yes, we were four, but we are now three. Uh, my name is Stormak, and this here is Sidriel. We had Ozil with us, but he seems to have left during the night. You've caught us in an odd mood. But I'm sure we yeah. are well met. Yeah, I seem to notice that you guys are all short one green tusky fella. Could be worse. How so? I'm feeling very mixed emotions right now. (laughs) (laughs) Worse how? Well, worse in the sense that uh, I was hoping that I was going to meet four investigators that would help me out. Uh, Now that we only have three and... uh, the judge did warn me that we would have one of the most adorable dogs that I had ever seen. And I, I do believe that I do see her. So I'm glad that we at least have that. Yeah, Flora, Flora will call Daisy over and be like, Oh yeah, this is Daisy. Daisy, meet Constable Kane. <laughs> One of the only things the judge said to me is that I would know the heroes that I was supposed to look for because I, they had the most adorable canine that Leopardstad had ever seen. Daisy is beside herself. She rolls over and shows you her belly almost immediately. For some reason, she's in mm-hmm. absolute love immediately. At least somebody is. <laughs> like, you're like, my best friend, our best friend left. He's like, oh, it could be worse. You, you could have been the dog. Yeah. <laughs> In my experience, half-orcs do not get a very good gauge around here. It's hard, but they're not really accepted, and that's a strike against most of this town. It's, uh, It's very unfortunate that orcish people around here are not really taken care of. Well, Constable, are you from Leopardstad? I am. All your life? Born and raised. Well, we should probably get to it then. There's a problem. So uh, our our mission, what we have to go do, is uh, we don't have a lot of time to do it. You guys, from what I have heard, went to the scene where the beast was caught. And our job 
ultimately, is to decide whether the beast is getting a fair trial or not. To decide whether the evidence against him is valid or isn't. Ultimately, it's not for us to pass judgment, only to see that the evidence is brought to light. I understand that y'all are influenced by payment. Uh, influenced? I, I wouldn't say that. Just, we're helping. Hired? Paid full? Sure. Oh, are you, are you here for free? Yes, do you volunteer your constable services? I... I am paid whether justice is served or not. Well, that's worrisome. <laughs> My job is to ensure that justice is served and that the trial will produce adequate results for the judges and what they need to be. And you say there's a time constraint on this? Some urgency? Only in the sense that the trial starts tomorrow. Only in that sense, I see. So we need to find this evidence today. I guess we should probably get moving. If it is up to us, we need to find the evidence for the first crime right now. Well, what are we waiting for? Laura jumps on top of Daisy. Are you packed and ready to go? We are. Are you? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go. Does anybody have any horses? No. How did y'all get here? Hey, what happened to Buttercup and Pokey? Kendra probably with you guys still. She'll be like, "What? Well, I've got two those two horses that you could use." I is is that Kendra Lorm? Zeke. Oh my god. How? What has it been? Sixteen years? Oh, nearly it seems. I haven't seen you since I was a little girl. Do you remember when we were catching frogs down by the South Gatey? <laughs> she kind of blushes. Oh, hot damn. Can't you, Lorma? You just licked the red off my candy. What? Stormak bites his lip and looks at Cinderella. <laughs> She stops laughing. Yes, well, it's uh, nice to see you. Duh. And she goes back to the bar. She's like, Mary, can I have another drink, please? So weren't we leaving? Oh, boy. Well, uh, now. <laughs> Urgency, you said earlier, right? Why don't, uh, why don't y'all gather your horses and meet me right out front of this building and uh, we'll head off. It's about eight miles away. Shouldn't take too long. The first crime that the Beast is up for, for trial for is the murder of ten people in the swamp town of Marast. About eight miles out through swamplands. Yeah, they're like a very small rural farming village in the swamp. Like a hamlet. Maybe like 20 people live there. Ten now, right? <laughs> yeah. And tomorrow at 10 a.m., the first day of the trial, will focus on the crime of the murder of 10 people from the Swamper village of Marast. So, you've got a few options. You have Barrister Koppel, is the defense attorney 
assigned to the Beast's case. You have the Beast, who is being held in the jail underneath the courthouse. I have the university crime scene where he broke into. And you have the village of Morast out in the swamp. And, um, Mr. Kane, who I am refusing to call Zeke for a while, um, is saying that we need to go to the village first? Do we want to address the elephant in the room? You keep our sweet boy's name out your mouth. <laughs> I know, I can't say it. <laughs> for the listener's sake. And my sake. Yeah, I mean, Ezekiel Kane was a, uh, a character from a different campaign, but is legally and technically different from this Ezekiel Kane. What, are you going to sue yourself? No, they happen to be starseeds of one another. It's fine. What does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? It's totally fine. You explain why you were so upset about it. I am so upset about it because in the campaign that we played with a different Ezekiel Kane, he was like family to my character and then he died. <laughs> yeah. Didn't we have to put him down? We did. Yeah. Yeah, it was rough. I watched my, my odd couple counterpart, which was Wes, murder him out of necessity because he had lost his mind. Oof, it was brutal. Yeah, it was rough. I can't do it. This is going to kill me, Surat. I can't believe you did this to me. <laughs> I don't know if I can ever forgive you. Just wait until you have to kill him again. <laughs> <laughs> My heart is hardened now. I'll kill every Zeke you present. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Nobody needs to know that. We can edit all that out. He was like he was like my son. He was like my little otter son. And you and you, and you killed him. Except he was a human and you killed him. But I didn't. I didn't. Sorry. Megan's character was a little otter person who had a giant robot dog named Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was, it was Harlan that had to put the blaster bolt into Zeke's head. Yeah, I feel did. like if you get Wait, to recycle no, characters, the then I get to recycle characters. And it's not even recycling, it's just using a really good motif for a character. And name. Um, it's going to be name. really awesome. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. That's it. I'm now a bard called Harold Unison. <laughs> 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 We'll just remake our Starfinder game. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Nobody needs to see you that. Can watch. Yeah, I'm good. No, Ryan has to play all the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ryan actually did a... He wasn't in that campaign, but he did a guest appearance as one of the boss battles. He was the, the boss they had to fight. That was fun. That was Anyways, fun. back to this game. Yeah, sorry. So if you guys are going to run off and go get the horses, Flora is going to um, really awkwardly just stand with Zeke and not go with you. <laughs> She's going to stand with him and stay and wait for you to come back. You look mad in a wet hen. What's wrong with you? Mm. Oh, I'm, um... He just, uh, our, our companion, he just left with, uh... Without very much warning, so. But you know, I'm I'm 
I'm also from Lepidstadt. Where do you, uh, where do you hang around? I've never seen you before. I've been part of the guard for a long time, and they gave me part of the housing that most guards get. I have an apartment in the lower quarter. Oh, yeah. I don't go down there very often. Bad neighborhood. So Stormak has gone and gotten the horses for Sidriel, and he's on his way back. Sid Sid would have gone with you to get the horses. He wanted to get the fuck out of there. Stormak and Sid are walking in silence. Awkward. (laughs) Um... Flora's really desperately, like, trying to maintain sobriety at this point. She's, like, three shots in, and she's, like, trying to, like, make sure her hair is straight and, like, her clothes are on right, and she's, like, a little bit distracted by herself. (laughs) Fuck. Focus. Yeah, um, they go and get the horses. Uh, maybe Zeke explains to Flora (laughs) some of the details, but when they get back, where are you going to go? What is your plan? As a player, I think we should talk to the beast, but I don't know if that would be what everyone would go for, first of all. So like, I'm thinking the beast somewhere. is locked up and not going anywhere, and we don't necessarily want to be caught out traveling in the dark. So mm. if we do have to go like 20 miles to this other town, we might want to do that. Well, it's eight miles. Oh, okay. So eight miles still, but yeah, we might want to do that while it's light out, conduct the investigation, and then come back. Because we'd always talk to the beast in the evening. Eight miles in, eight miles back. Alright, the boys are back with the horses, and we're ready to go. Boys are back in town. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. I, I was thinking it too. <laughs> Constable Ezekiel Kane jumps jumps on this uh, fairly shaggy rental mount. Is it a horse? <laughs> Rent a mare. He, he checked out from the, um, you know, the husbandry pool at the local guard shack for the day. <laughs> you got a, a rental husband? Yes, exactly. <laughs> As you guys are outside, they bring the horses up and you're like getting your saddles ready and stuff. Uh, Kendra comes out. She stumbles a little bit. It looks like uh, she's a little tipsy. And, uh,. She'll go up to Sidriel. Like, Sidriel. I. How are you doing? Been better. Okay, um. She, like, kind of is kind of like stumbling with her, her words a little bit. It's like, uh. Well, I hope that, um. Here. Uh, Ozol gave me this to leave for, 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 for you guys. And she pulls out a small satchel and hands it to you. Huh. He left this for us, even though you just said you didn't know he was leaving. And she says, um, I, I, I wish you luck in your endeavors. Um, maybe we can have, uh, have dinner sometime soon. Oh. Kendra, it's, it's seven in the morning. Maybe get yourself composed and we'll talk later. And he's just not even looking at her, just looking in the bag. Yikes. Cold shoulder. Old shoulder. It uh, has several items in it. There is a wand of lesser restoration. Lesser restor. The cloak of resistance, plus one. And 
three holy water vials. See, I left I left you guys with some shit. Come on. Yeah, and she kind of stops, brushes her hair back, and like she has like a little bit of a bewildered look on her face. But you're not looking. She's like, um, yes, um, of course. And uh, uh, and she just uh, she turns around and like walks down the street. Oof. A wagon runs her over. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Come on. Serves you right. <laughs> wow, guys. Come on. I mean, no one else is being mean to her. Sid is just Sid. Sid's been hurt too many times. Oh, poor Sid. Has he? Human women. Tell you what. <laughs> but yeah, she walks off down the road, and uh, you guys are left to your own devices. The stage is yours. Um, I feel like we would... I mean, Flora's buzzed. Sid is distracted with his own emotions, and Stormac is a very... Like, he'll he'll go along with what we're doing. I feel like we're probably following whatever Mr. Kane is directing us towards. No? Yes? Yes. Yeah, it sounds, that sounds fine. Makes sense. Constable, lead us. You're the lawman. Stranger, you're in charge now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like the, he's, he's supposed to be like our guide, kind of, right? This is how it's been set up. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, Judge Aramid uh, only gave me so much power, but ultimately uh, we're just supposed to try to find justice as much as we can and hope that the evidence finds the light, really. We're about eight kilometers from where we need to be. Let's go. Sure, let's go. So you guys have Pokey and Buttercup. He has a rent amount and... I've got Daisy, so we're just, we're all, like, independently traveling. Yeah? yeah just traveling as a group. Who's who's writing Buttercup? Buttered stuff. Butternuts. <laughs> um, John, can we um, say at some point that Old River went with Kendra or Oslin? Um, we keep forgetting him. He's, he's staying somewhere yeah. with somebody. Yeah, you would say you could leave him with Oslin. All right, he's cool. got puppies. Big ones. Uh, do we want to divide out this stuff real quick? To, like the Cloak of Resistance and the uh, Wand of Lesser Restoration? I can't use the wand. I can't yeah, use that wand so either. Hang what? on to it. Wait, why can't you use the wand? What What are the requirements? It has to be on your spell list. You can't and use a wand if it's not a spell that you already know? You don't have to know it, it just has to be on your class's spell list. So, like, I, as a wizard, I cast arcane spells, lesser restoration is a divine spell, so I don't do that kind of magic, so I can't use the wand without taking, like, ranks and use magic device and rolling for it. Oh. I just thought we could probably talk about on the way. Uh, I don't know if our new friend here can use it. I think he can. I don't have ranks either. What What class are you? Do we know? Are you hiding that from us? Y'all could start an argument in an empty house, and the porch lights on, but no one's home. Here, hand me that wand. I understood hand you the wand. <laughs> so he hands you the wand. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Lesser restoration. He breaks oh, it. No, no, no. Uh, 
Ah, shit, well, I broke it. <laughs> I almost broke it, but uh, seems like there's ten charges left on this wand. Uh, your friend was a good friend. Was. Seems like... We don't, uh, we don't need you to tell us about our friend. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Damn. I have many friends there, Stone Fist. Uh, I don't necessarily... Re- it's going to take me a second to learn all your names, but... Uh, Oh, well, that's endearing. It's fair enough. <laughs> what were you, Officer Butterfingers? Oh, ooh, yeah. As you're fumbling the wand? Depends where them fingers go. We'll just find out. Flora blushes, looks away for a minute. <coughs> How about the Cloak of Resistance? Anyone making claims to that? Roll off? Sure. I'll roll for it. What does it, uh, what does it do? Gives a plus one to all your saves. We're going for lowest, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a four. I got a 13. Not a whole lot better. Stormac looks like this is going to you. Well, if you want to give it to me, I'll take it, but I'm going to abstain from rolling. So therefore, Meg can win it. Meg gets it. All right. Wait, what? Why would you do that? Um. So I already have um the ring of protection, so I feel like it's not cool for me to also take the cloak. So different, different things though. She means morals. Wise. Okay, well if you want to abstain too, I'll take it. Sure. Yeah, take it. Do it. Right. Yeah, I don't get hit. My like AC isn't usually that much of a concern for me, but saves can be important. Wesley fills his cloak slot. Sounded dirty. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that, but then... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, was that immature? Should I not say that? <laughs> no, that's good. John said it. I knew it sounded dirty before I said it. <laughs> Alright. You divvied out Ozil's parting gifts. Your plan is to head to Morast. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I think so, yeah. I'll take one of those holy waters. Add it to my sheet. Have all three if you want them. If they need to go somewhere, sure. I'll take I'll take one. Um I feel like Flora was really pleased with her what she did with the last holy water she had, so I'll so I'll take one. Alright, I'll take two then. Got a, a little map here. The surrounding area of Leopardstad. Some of these locations have to do with future crimes. <laughs> future crimes? Like crimes yeah. that have yet to happen or crimes that we've not yeah. yet investigated? I want to bet crimes. that all those places have had at least one crime happen in them already. <laughs> Check in with the precogs. Specifically, crimes for further days in the trial of the beast. Mm. Now, if you see, there is, like, a dirt road that would go up north and then down, and it would take, like, twice, three times as long. But you could cut through the swamplands. It's just difficult terrain. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, let's let's do it. I don't like difficult terrain. My character would know probably the better way to cut over to Morast being from Leopardstead and being a guard... Could roll knowledge local or knowledge geography. Uh, knowledge local. 
is probably my better one. Alright. Ooh, I get to use my fucking inspiration. So, uh, I'm gonna roll and then uh -oh. add d6 uh -oh. for free. Did you just give it away? Ooh, that's pretty good. It's a 15 on the die plus a d6 for, oh man, 6? Holy shit. That's a 21 plus 7 is 28. Yeah. You are familiar uh, with a pretty good path through Swamp here. Uh, one that avoids dangers and any really difficult obstacles. So you're able to get through uh, fairly easily. It's still difficult terrain. So it's going to be like double time. On horseback, I believe you move about five miles an hour. Uh, so it's going to take a, just just over three hours to get to Morass. Make sense? Yep. Be best if y'all stay close around here. You never know what's going to pop up out of the grass. Do you have a lot of trouble with things popping up? I fucking hate things. <laughs> fucking hate things. Swampland is swampland. They grab you up, you and your dog. Daisy whimpers. It's not a justification of your size or your dog's size. It's just a... It's a realization of how large everything is out here. Well, good to know that the pep talks haven't improved since I was left. <laughs> <laughs> so, you cross the Lesser Motre River that Lepidstad is kind of like up against. You leave north. There is a small kind of land bridge after a little while heading over the river. And even across the river, the land is pretty wet and marshy. There's uh, tall reeds and large trees with hanging moss and very droopy-looking foliage. <laughs> that weird? <laughs> droopy foliage? No, that's not like, weird at all. Like weeping willows? I think, yeah, weeping willows and banyan trees. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of difficult, like your horses are getting their hooves stuck every once in a while, and they have to like move slowly to get good footing, but it generally goes uneventful. Do you guys talk about anything on this three-hour tour? Um, I, yeah, like we'd probably be trying to talk to this fella that we've just met, that we find ourselves with. Prove it. What do you say? <sighs> so do you think he did it? It's not, uh... It's not for me to decide. Yeah, I know, but come on. Ultimately, justice is only a confluence of the evidence. And that's what uh, you and I are supposed to figure out. Sure, but you've heard things. You live here. What do you think? Everyone's heard things. Look at town now. So you're telling me you don't have any preconceived notions whatsoever. That's not the way that justice works. Justice is not a rumor mill. The only thing that matters is what has actually happened and whether he's actually guilty or not. Everybody deserves a fair trial. That's the way that democracy works. Without that, we have nothing. All right, Mr. King. Ah, so Lepenstad is a democratic government? Um, I, I imagine it is. 
<laughs> Wouldn't you know, being a lawman, living here your whole life? Is I it, imagine I that there's the question. <laughs> there's a council. Everybody worries about justice until justice comes and finds them. Wouldn't you want justice to actually be portrayed for you? Or would you just want to be tucked away by the crowd? I can tell you right now that the way they've set up the beast for whatever reason, it, it's only to be hanged. They only want him to die. They've set him up with possibly the worst counsel that I've ever known. I've known this man. He is definitely not a good defense. What exactly is the beast? Well, we can always go talk to him if you want. So you don't know the answer? I heard. He speaks. But you don't know what he is? I wouldn't want to know what he is, or it wouldn't matter what he is, necessarily. Everybody deserves a good defense. Well, of course, but have you seen him? I have not. If we're looking into clues about potential murders he committed, it might be useful to know what he is and is not capable of. I can attest that he was most definitely capable of what he was doing at the university. What did you see him doing at the university? I didn't see him doing anything. What I'm saying is that justice needs to be equal. And that's what our job is. So aside from platitudes, do you have any useful information about the suspect of this crime? Yeah, you probably would have at least heard of a description. He is like 12 or so feet tall, like he's a large creature. And um, big, muscular, humanoid, it seems. Do the description of him fit, like, any kind of giants that may live in the area, or is it described as, like, something other? Uh, you might think that, uh, it could be some sort of giant. Um, I mean, maybe it would even be, like, a smaller one. Uh, yeah, like a hill giant, I think, fits right into that, that height range, and I don't think we're that far from the mountains. Yeah, just from, you know, the description of his size, that might be the first thing you think of. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm saying if we're looking for clues, it's good to know, like, you know, who the suspect is to see if the clues even match the suspect. Yes, and um, now that you have a constable on your side, you could probably easily access a meeting beast. As you traverse through the swamp, eventually you come up after about three hours. 15 minutes, we'll say it's well, about 11.30 when you get there, uh, you come across this small swamp hamlet of morast. It's a rickety old kind of shanty town almost, up on stilts and boardwalks above this marshy, watery area. You see several boats lining different rickety docks along these, like, thatch roof huts. And at a certain point, you come up, and it is almost on, like, almost a lake. You feel like you might have to tie your horses up to get to the village itself. Mm, what about Daisy? Can she swim? 
So you look and there are several canoes, kind of uh, small wooden vessels at like a dock kind of area. And several of them are in the water with people guide, uh, driving them? What do you do to a boat? It drive. You drive a boat. <laughs> okay. You, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a pa- like a paddling situation. Is this still driving? It's not driving. Yeah. Row. Row. Rowing. Row, 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 row your boat <laughs> gently down the stream. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, there is one kind of heading your way, even. Fantastic. We flag him down. Uh, do you tie the horses up? Tie Daisy to a high branch? Uh, I, I will be attempting to take Daisy with us. Okay. Yeah, you try and flag them down, and, like, it takes a few minutes. It's just one dude with a long paddle in this kind of largish boat. It looks like it might sit about six people total, including the people rowing it. He slowly brings it up, and is wearing, like, suspenders that are hanging down and exposing his bare shoulders. And he's this uh, kind of rotund, dirty fellow with uh, short, dark hair, and got a bunch of pimples on his face. And his one of his eyes is maybe in half an inch higher than his other one. Oh, boy. And he kind of, like, slowly sloughs up onto the swampy shore there. <laughs> Y'all ain't from around here, is ya? Oh, no. <laughs> maybe not from around here, but close enough. Constable Ezekiel Kane. uh... Well, what you want? We're here to investigate the transgressions of the beast. What is your name, sir? My name's Jarl. Jarl? Is there an R in there? Jarl. 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 Uh, did I meet your brother? You know Jarl? <laughs> your brother Jarl? Yes, I know the other Jarl. Yeah, my brother Jarl. Or, or you mean my other brother Jarl. Yeah, uh, probably Jarl number two. Jarl Jr. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Look, you're here investigating the beast. I thought they killed him. Uh, not quite, sir. What you, well, what you need to know, they caught him. They gonna kill him, right? Yes, but I, I understand that, uh, he may have caused some transgressions against this town. Yeah, I'll say. And uh, we were we were just trying to make sure that um, this actually happened here. Um, that bastard killed my sister Jarl. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe it was her that I met. No, I'm pretty sure it was your brother. <laughs> Did you witness this alleged murder? Yeah, my I might have seen some. Well, did you or not? Roll diplomacy. Guy doesn't want his sister's murder solved. Go fuck himself if I fail. Here's a diplomacy roll with a negative one for a 13. He said, yeah, I saw saw him go down. We done chased him out of here one night. We thought he was dead. We thought one of them uh, blood caimans took him down. One of the what? One of the blood caimans. Oh, you really ain't from around here, are you? <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a fish. Um, you want to be careful around here. 
It's not a caiman? He laughs like, hey, man, ain't no fish. Look, look right there. And he points like two feet from the, uh, the boat that he's in. There's what looks like a huge log floating in the water at first. Oh, it's a crocodile. And then you realize it's like a, a five-foot crocodilian creature. The back of its scales are all like blood red. The rest are gray. It like comes up out of the water and like does the old, the old Loch Ness slide. Goes back down. I like to call them fish sometimes just because they taste like them. <laughs> Oh, that good eating, I'll tell you what. My my good man, would you give us passage over to the town, if you wouldn't mind? Yeah, right, you won't probably talk to Lasney. He's in, kind of in charge around here. I'm catching, like, every third word of this accent. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. You're like, yeah, hop, hop on in, man, I'll take you over there. We get in. You get in the boat, and he pushes off. As you're coming over, like, the 20, 30 feet to the dockside, you notice, like, several more of those scaly red logs floating around in the water. Uh, They don't seem to be, like, aggressive at the boat or attacking or anything like that. There's different sizes. Like, some of them are pretty big, though. And we all fit on the boat? Yes. Yes. It holds six, so the four of you and Daisy and Joral. You get over, and he's like, uh, "Oh, Ladney, just like he's like three huts down on the right. Man, you can't miss it. He's got a big old uh, um, purple door. Just go give him a knock. Uh, he might. He probably won't. It'll probably be fine." Well, Matt Joral, uh, you tell your sister uh, it was it was good meeting her at the uh, the upside down possum at one point. <laughs> that was you, you son of a bitch. Oh, dad, get out of the boat. Kick the boat away. <laughs> yeah, no, no. His paddle falls down. Gator attacks him. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just just save the beast in Ah, uh, Jor will be fine. Don't you worry about Jor. And uh, as the bubbles stop coming out of the water oh from Jor. No, you did not just kill a guy. <laughs> yeah, a, another man kind of like comes out of a hut. Like you don't, you see like a couple people like walking around on these boardwalks, like throughout this small place. There's like maybe ten huts, and uh, they're kind of just like coming out of one hut and going into the other. Like there's not a lot of noise or social activity that you, or anything you can see. One dude does come out, an older man. He's holding like a, a long like farming implement of some kind like a hook on a stick is that a farming implement like a, a hook like on a, a stick I, mean, I don't know you you tell me how about a pitchfork oh oh okay <laughs> hook on a stick that's Maybe like it's a, a fishing implement over embellished scythe fishing, fishing is farming okay farm fish farming fishing is raising but Ooh. okay yes uh, Stormak, can you come here? What's up, Sid? Uh, just in case this whole thing goes awry, um, he reaches into his bag and pulls out the wand of mage armor. Let's just get you settled. And he'll cast mage armor on you. That'll last for an hour. Thank you. Well, 
nice. Is that something you just bought? Yes. Stormac bought it and gave it to me for me to cast on him. <laughs> it was in the, the bundle that he gave me. Here's a gift for you for me. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, it's, it's, it's using a spell slot every day. It's a, it's a bowling ball that says Homer on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is worse than the spice rack. <laughs> well, you know, it's no salt and pepper shakers, but but yeah, you know. It's That's we're the fucking hero card, man. Just just be grateful. It's fine. It's a gift for you, for me. I liked it until you shit on the gift that I gave. But uh... <laughs> no, no, I just thought it was funny that you're like, I'm gonna buy you a gift for me. Uh, I always wanted a no. toaster oven. Oh, thanks, sweets. Oh, Stormac being tough it is a gift to the party. It's great. I approve 100%. So you get a mage armored up, and you head up on the boardwalks, and this old man comes out holding this hook stick. It's fishing, farming, whatever implement. It's a fucking hook stick. Deal with it. Hook stick. Hooba stink. Definitely a hook stick. Hooba stink. It's, a, it's I mean, canonically a hooba stink. All right. No, it's not. Not the microphone that they use at the 21 MTV Music Awards. Was that called a hooba stink? Yeah, it is now. The band. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, so, sorry, I watched Pitch Perfect the other night and they were talking about uh, that was the thing that they all won at the riff off was the microphone. Whatever, who cares? <laughs> yeah, not me. <laughs> he comes out, he's like, What? Hey there, what y'all want? What y'all doing around here? Did we get that guy's name? Lasney. Oh. Uh, Lasney, sir, we're here investigating the crimes of the beast. Uh, we would uh, hope for a little bit of participation uh, just to get everybody's experience on record, if we could. Would you mind putting down the hook stick? <laughs> the hooper stank? What? The, the hoop? Look, I'm, I don't like talking to cops, you see? I'm a furnace. Ah, uh, see, sir... We're, we're not cops. The the thing I am is farthest from a cop than you could possibly imagine. If you wouldn't mind just putting down the hoobastank. We're, we're just here to make sure the beast gets what he deserves. Is that so? Uh, let's have a diplomacy check. And if you'd like to aid, you just have to say something. Canonically. I don't mind rolling it. It sounds like you're rolling it. Yeah, it sounds it, like yeah. you, you were making the diplomacy, and then I think that was Sid aiding. Like, oh, we're just making sure he gets what he deserves. Yeah, and anyone else can chime in as well. Uh, so if you're going to aid, do it before Surat rolls. Well, that is a 13 on the die. And I have a... Uh, diplomacy is a minus 2, so that's an 11. That'll oh, be. shit. All right. Nice. <laughs> Nailed it, dude. <laughs> Barely. And a little wiggle room there. I could have rolled one lower. Stormac, Flora, anything to add? Uh, I don't. I don't know what to say to the 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 man with the hook on the stick. Sure, Stormac will say we are not cops. Natural one for a zero. 
That sounds just <laughs> like what a cop would say. Stormax shrugs. <laughs> we are not cops. Well, if you, you just ask us if we're cops, and if we are cops, we have to tell you. I'm sure there's a song. You ever see that movie with Catherine Zeta-Jones? Entrapment? <laughs> nice. Shit's fucked up. Um, right. Flores got nothing, so... Sorry. <laughs> that The one person with high diplomacy. <laughs> I just... Uh... It's a plus two to this roll. Uh-huh. Before he rolls this check, I'm going to go ahead and do a Diviner's Fortune on him. Give him a plus one on his roll. All right. All right. What you got? All right. That's an eight on the die plus an eight for diplomacy is 16. Did you want to do inspiration? <laughs> eight on diplomacy? Holy shit. Um, yeah, I'll throw inspiration on there, too. I will expend one use of my inspiration to throw a d6 on there for three more to make it a 21. No, sorry, a 19. And with Diviner's Fortune, that makes that a 20. You got better diplomacy than I do. He says, uh, all right, well, I'll, I'll tell you what I know. Since you're not cops and all, and you got a nice-looking puppy with you, uh, come on in. Everyone's so obsessed with Daisy. <laughs> Old people love puppies. Yeah, you need to have a Daisy start rolling these diplomacy checks. I know, right? <laughs> um, Plus two for Daisy. It leads you into his little shack, and it's, like, really dirty, and there's, like, dirty dishes and, like, uh, broken objects on the floor, and he, he, like, takes a big stick, wipes off a bench that has a bunch of crap on it, and just crashes it onto the floor. He's like, yeah, have a seat. I'll put on some tea. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> Elvish custom is to stand. <laughs> okay. Uh, he, he comes back with okay. his tea and he hands it on a tray of like four cups. He hands it out and it like smells like rotten garbage juice. Oh, gross. <laughs> they just call that boochcraft. Yeah, it's just like kombucha, essentially. <laughs> it's like, what if the garbage, the juice at the bottom of a garbage can tasted kind of oh good? Oh my god, okay, it's too late for this. That's disgusting. And had, had some That's alcohol bitch. in it. Anyways. Right. He's like, I'll tell you the tale. Look, um... I was just, you know, not, not that long ago. This beast here, he started coming in here. Taking our, taking our friends, our family, just swooping them in the night, taking them out of their homes, taking them to do God knows what, killing them, and we never seen them again. Must have been about, about nine, ten or so people before, before we got fed up with it. We couldn't take no more. Yeah, I recall that night well, you know. After he started getting bold and taking people out of their own homes, we decided to do something about it. You know, we were all, were all lying in wait, you see, for we, we expected him to, he was starting to show kind of a pattern. So we, so we, we hold up, we got our hiding places, we got our, our implements of destruction and whatnot. And then, 
Sure is shit. We sent him. That big bastard. Huge, huge, bulking brute. He's about uh, seven feet tall, maybe. Seven and a half. As far as I can tell. We, uh, he came up and we sprung on him. We started attacking him. We started throwing our spears and stabbing and hooting and hollering. Well, he took off into the water. You know, uh, we got in our little boats here. We started giving chase. About about seven, eight, nine of us. And we, we would chase him down. We were throwing throwing our spears at him when he was he was he was surprisingly quick, even halfway deep in the water. Yeah. We chased him up to this um this why well, this abandoned now. That beast uh, we had his blood spilt all over it, kinda ruined the uh, our burial grounds, you see. We used to bury our dead out here, but uh, we had to find somewhere else after that. Well, he starts walking up shore there, and, and we're throwing spears. They ain't doing shit. And then he starts smiling. He's like, yeah. And that's when that big fucker, old Toothy, one of the biggest fucking blood cabins you see out here, just came out of nowhere, took that bastard down, bit him in the shoulder, took a huge chunk out of him, brought him down into a death roll down in the water. We thought he was dead for sure. Well, he didn't surface. We didn't see him again. We, we thought he was dead. We waited. We didn't see him come up. For, for come up for air? Or try to escape after that or nothing? No. We, we figured he was dead, so... Uh, but we, we hadn't thought nothing about it since uh, since then until most recently. We... We heard about the beast being captured and being put on trial. We got we had you, all you uh, law types coming out to talk to us. So Sid started taking notes as this guy's rambling. And how how tall did you say he was? Oh, you I mean, he must have been easy a good uh, seven seven and a half, maybe eight feet tall. Sid Sid holds his hand out like just like a chin level and says. Okay, you you tell me when, and he starts raising his hand up. <laughs> yeah, and it's about like like seven seven and a half is Stop. Uh, what where he stops you. About right there. Like right there, right there. Oh, that's that's good. You should be one of them police sketch artists. No, wait, he hates cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he should be one of those police sketch artists. Get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, and fuck right off. And could you describe the like maybe the features of this creature? Is there hair, skin tone, teeth? No, no, I didn't. I don't. I didn't have much hair. Um, bare skin on most of it. I think he had some kind of shorts on, maybe loincloth, or or he's a weird scarred up looking skin. Uh, I didn't get that. It was it was fairly dark. You see, we didn't get that good look at him. But big, big fucker, about seven feet tall, seven and a half, eight feet tall, maybe eight and a half feet tall. <laughs> he just keeps getting taller. None, half feet tall. You know, I, I tell you, it's one of the sweetest sounds I heard was that that bastard screaming out, cursing and yelling and 
yelling all kinds of nasty oaths and curses as he went down into the water with that blood came in. Do you remember anything he said? And, you know, no, not specifically, but it's some foul language, something you know the, the worst whore in Lepistare would blush to say, even as a gator attacked her. Absolutely, that must have been the worst of his crimes. Did you hear him laughing at all? No, 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 definitely no laughing. He was a very unhappy fella, if you ask me. And uh, you said he was bit. Which which side was he bit on? He saw on the shoulder? Oh, let's see. Uh, he was running away from us, so it would have been on his right shoulder, yeah. Yeah. Nasty wound. I, th- I, th- I thought he was done for, for sure. His old tooth is still around, uh... Do you, do you still see him? I, I don't get out on the water that much these days, uh, but yeah, I hear about people seeing him every once in a while. He's an old bastard, too. Now interrogating the Cayman? <laughs> Not that I'm necessarily uh, looking <laughs> to interrogate the Cayman as much as uh, just trying to make sure that uh, they didn't cause mutual destruction. Oh, no, that's okay. That was actually a legitimate question. I've, I've seen it done before. Some druids back in Kionan do that occasionally. Well, not with caimans, but... Yeah, speak of the animal, baby. Now, I don't, uh, I don't know what else to tell you, though. Um, you know, we, we, we suspected it was the beast for a long time as these people were disappearing, and after it was about 9, 10, 11, 12 of them disappeared, then... We decided to do something about it, and then, uh, you know, Old Toothy finished it off for us, uh, or so we thought. You know, and, uh, now apparently he's back. We got all you law types coming out here asking us all these questions, and, and I just hope he gets, I just hope he gets what he deserved. We lost three Jorals to that motherfucker. <laughs> That's a lot of Jorals. I hope that they were the Jorals that, uh, were rural, the rural Jorals. They were rural jewels, for sure. <laughs> that bastard. Now, now, I hope you, uh, I hope you get to put him to the justice he deserves. I heard they're gonna burn him. Now, that would be a sight to see. It's always a problem when you have justice looking for people. Nobody ever really necessarily wants justice looking for them. We, we're gonna make sure that the beast gets the justice he deserves, and, um, you, you said he went up towards the, towards your burial ground. That's right, an old boneyard. Uh, maybe we'll go have a look at that, uh, what, it's probably like 11 a.m.? Uh, it's probably like 11.15 right now, so I would say. Well? If you look for, if you check your fingers. <laughs> I don't know enough hands to see how far it is until the horizon, but we we have work to do. Let's head off. Uh, let's check the boneyard. You're probably going to need some boats to get over there. If you wouldn't mind. Y'all got boats? How'd you get here? Uh, one of the jars. You wouldn't mind what? Lending us a boat. Oh, I don't use them myself uh, these days. I'm far too fragile. I got throw my back out and be caiman food in an instant. Uh, but you know, I bet you talked to talk to Joral out there. Uh, you can probably maybe 
help you out? I'm not, not sure Joe wants to necessarily talk about it. Is there anyone else? Oh, well, you might talk to Joro <laughs> over here. God damn it. <laughs> Let's go talk with Joro over there. I knew that was coming. <laughs> she's, just, she's a sweetheart. Uh, oh. Oh, Joro. Oh. And uh, he'll point in a direction to a female Joral's hut. Says you might ask her. She's got a few extra boats around. We'll go there. You get to the Joral, ask for some boats. You give me. A, let's have another diplomacy check. Do we get to aid this time? Yes. Yay! If you say something. Yeah, nobody else said anything. Well, you gotta say something before you roll. The diviner's fortune. Blab. <laughs> Blab. Lady Joral, would you mind taking us over to the Boneyard? Please. Please? <laughs> what? No, you didn't say yeah. it. Hey, she said, I, I sure said did. you had to say something. Huh? <laughs> uh, Alright, what's the rolls? AIDS first. Um, I... What is my... Diplomacy plus five. Twelve. Alright, that's an aid. Anybody else? I hit him with Divider's Fortune. Alright, plus one. Alright, so plus three this roll. So it's a plus nine to my diplomacy. Plus a 19 on the die. So that's a 28. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Joel's like, yeah, I got some boats you can use. And you need a guide? I come with you too. I can show you the way. I know where them boneyards is. Nothing would make me happier than having you accompanying us up to the boatyard. Oh, please. She blushes a little bit. She's got, like, big buck teeth and, like, goofy-looking pigtails. <laughs> as long as you stop pointing that, that hook arm at me, we'll be just fine. <laughs> yeah, she's got a hook for her, her left hand. She's, like, trying to, like, move your hair across from your brow with it. <laughs> it's a very dangerous way to do that. She leads you to a boat that will fit all of you. It's a kind of the same size boat that her brother Joral had. And you will hop in, and she starts leading you through the swamp into next week. Oh, there it is. Well, that was a silly one.
Florida, I don't even know where I got a chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> Roll the chestnut. See what happens.